Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and AJ coming to you live as uh, it's finally here. Playoff season is upon us. The first game start in just a handful of hours away from now. The Avs aren't playing until tomorrow, though. First of all, if you haven't seen our playoff preview series, you can go check that out. We previewed all eight series of the first round, including abs cracking but today we're taking a little bit more of a deep dive taking a serious look at all of the matchups all of the statistics all of the good stuff that we are going to get in this matchup for colorado against seattle Uh, let's uh, let's start here aj Mm -hmm. seattle's first time in the playoffs in their history granted it's it's only their second year of existence right so not all of that surprising does Seattle have what it takes? I get it's their first year as a franchise. They have some guys that have been there that have made runs in the playoffs that mm-hmm. have been part of franchises. Do they have the guys to actually go on a run or is this very much a team that has no expectations at all? What do you consider a run? Sure. You know, like, like if they if they get out of this round against Colorado, it would be why it would be an incredibly successful season. And that is to say it has already been a successful year. Everything that, that Seattle's front office could have hoped for from this season. Um, Matty Beneers has shown to be the real deal. You know, they got a brief glimpse of Shane, Wright. They're still very excited about him. They had a hundred point season. Um, the moves that they made in the offseason kick-started their offense. Their defense is still good. Their goaltending was better. Still not very good, but better. And <laughs> That's the lowest bar of better, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it goes from second or third worst to eighth worst. Like, it's improvement, man. Sure. So, now when, when you consider that they signed a guy like Martin Jones kind of off of the scrap heap of the NHL, because Chris Dreger got hurt at World Championships last year. Yep. You know, you kind of look at Martin Jones as a pretty successful little story for them. Um. So, I mean, you do, you do want to give, like, hey, like, this really has been a, a really quality year for the Kraken. Um, just given some of the young talent is still trying to figure it out and work its way in. You like that part of it, but... Do they really do they really have it to go much beyond this? No. Is anyone picking Seattle in this first round series? I haven't seen anyone pick them, and you know I'm sure fans of the team are picking them or whatever. But um, I don't really browse a lot of sure like prediction stuff just because I know everybody's doing it. It's the same thing that we are doing. Yep. We're just taking our best guess, given about how we feel about certain things and then good instinct, you know, and then mixing that in with the, well, I know there's always a little bit of chaos. It never goes chalk. So you try and find the upset. And I, I really haven't seen a lot. Um, I really haven't seen a whole, a whole lot of um, people thinking that the series is even going to go very long. Yeah. It's just Scotty Upshaw's an idiot. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> He would pick the Kraken, but okay. I mean, fair enough. There you go. That's that's one person who's picked the Kraken in the in the media sphere. 
you've already talked about it a little bit. Chat's already talking about it a little bit. Let's start with the goaltending matchup here. Here's my concern for Seattle. Even if they get average goaltending, I don't know that that's enough for them to beat Colorado. Yeah. So you have that on top of the fact that Martin Jones, look, he came in, he played okay for them. He has an 887 save percentage on the year. And Philip Grubauer, the guy that they're paying $6 million a year, has an 895. Yeah. It's just not very pretty back there for their their options aren't good, no matter where you go with it. Let's, can, we, can we bring up this comment from Flomander under the screen? I would love to talk about this. I think this is a really, really good jumping point, uh, jumping off point for us. Sure. Just this. Uh, this is like, just keep thinking about the time the Avs beat the Flames in five. Nobody had that. It's a fair point because the Avs were an eighth seed that year. They had a 90 point season. They never looked very good in the regular season. A couple of things, though. One, they didn't have Kale McCarr in the regular season. He joined in game three of that series. Yep. Two, what did the abs have that the Kraken don't? Superstars. There you go. You've got you've got elite players at the top of the roster. Was that Avs team that Avs team wasn't very deep. Nope. Like it just you go back and you look at it and you're like, man, Tyson Jones played a lot of minutes. But they had Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. They had Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen. They had Gabe Landeskog and Kale McCarr joined Mid-series halfway through too. that series. And so when we talk about when we talk about what elite talent does for you in the NHL, the big thing that it does is that it it just when those when those guys are on their game, they just win games. They just change things. And we there's this obsession in the NHL about you've got to have the depth. You've got to be able to, you know, we have such reverence for the third or fourth line guy that's going to come in and make that extra little difference for you. And look at Andrew Cogliano in the playoffs last year. The thing is, like, those guys are necessary. You need those guys to get you the extra one inch in that one game. It's your but, superstars that set you up in that situation in the first place, though. Yeah, to make the football analogy, but you're you're moving between the twenty yard lines with your star players almost all the time. You're getting ninety percent of the way to to your goal on the success of those guys, yep. and that's that's what that's that's the big difference that you have with that Avalanche team. Shouldn't have been Compared. an eight seed. Compared to this Seattle team, which, you know, we're not taking anything away from a Jared McKinnon. He's a good player. Is he even in the same stratosphere yeah. as Nathan McKinnon? No. Well, and that's the, even in a 40 goal season, he's a 70 point guy. Yep. Like, and that's Jared, Jared McKinnon has had a wonderful season. Yep. He Great. has broken out as, as one of their best players. He's, he's, he's been he's... fantastic for them, man. And Jeez. you go, you 50 go up less and, points than forty something less points than Nathan McKinnon did this year. Like, yeah, I mean, you you go up and down the lineup with the Kraken, and their one selling point head to head against the Avalanche is they've got the depth. You look at yep. you look at how you look at how deep they are, how productive they've been. 
you look at you look at the fact that Vince Dunn this year had a like wire to wire beginning to end. He was like a he's had like he's been like the tenth best defenseman in the NHL this year. Kind of I, season. Yeah. I mean we'll hold off on the defensive conversation for now. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm just saying, like, they've been they've been great. Like they're they've gotten great contributions up and down their lineup, but Vince Dunn plays eighty one games as a sixty four point season. Kale yeah. McCarr plays sixty games has a six, and has a sixty six point season. Point season. Yeah. So when you're talking about their best on best, just the absolute what are their best players capable of doing in the not best close. case scenario? It it's just not even close. It's they don't have a guy that scored 55 goals this year. They don't have a 110 point player. They don't have a. a I, I'm I feel pretty confident Vince Dunn is not going to end up as a Norris Trophy finalist, and Kale McCarr could. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. You look at their top scores. That's good. Good, not great. Exactly, and when you talk. Look, they were, I think they finished fourth in the NHL in goals per game. Yep. Like, if, their shooting percentage was out of the roof, but. Yeah, and they are one of six teams in the last six seasons to have a 5v5 shooting percentage over 10%. Yep. And, and it has been on the decline for four straight months. Well, and here's we're kind of jumping all over the place a little bit here, but that's okay. Here's my problem with this list of guys. Your top scoring center is Matty Beneers, mm-hmm. who is 20 years old. Is just you know his first playoff run, still getting his feet wet in the NHL. And then your next guy is Yanni Gord, who is five foot nine. When you're looking at that center matchup. It's just not even in the same ballpark as Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, and is one of them is one of them going to be so elite defensively that they are able to take away or I mean, limit greatly they, limit? Yeah, Nathan right. can McKinnon. they even survive Nathan McKinnon? Is my question. It's a really it's a very fair question. It's not like Vince Dunn is amazing in his own end either. Yeah, I mean, so the Vince Dunn, I mean, we'll we'll talk about we'll get there. Yeah, specifically the defense here in a bit, yeah. but I I do like the you can't stress enough that the thing about Seattle is that you don't game plan and say we want to beat this line. This is these are the guys that we're gonna mark out. These are the guys that we're gonna like. There's not gonna be a hey, we really want McKinnon to match up against this one. And then with the lineup that it looks like they're going to go with, with the Nachushkin, Lekkinen, Comfer second line, yeah, which is very, very defensive minded, down style for sure. We're going to remove and we're going to remove you from the point, the, the offensive plane of existence here. Uh, that that is not going to be extremely helpful against the Kraken because they have a second line where you know, okay. Great. I mean, yep. there's not there's not such a difference between the guys 
who score on their second line and the guys who score on their third line. There just isn't a great deal of difference in that production there. So you just don't know. You're just, it's just kind of like, all right, cool. You did that. You kind of just, just not for the abs, it, it's it does other teams. You take it however it comes, right? Yeah. It It's not going to really, I, I shouldn't put it, I should say the abs should be happy matching up however Seattle wants to do it because their top end is just going to be better. Mm-hmm. And then it's about the depth not beating themselves. Yep. So. It's, it you know, I think it will be interesting. The Avs are going to be asking a lot out of someone like a JT Comfer this year. It's just the reality of their 2C spot and how they're built. Uh, building that defensive line, like you said, maybe they're deploying that a little bit more defensively, a little bit less of a necessity for them to absolutely score all the time. But they're still going to need to be a baseline of production out of the Avs' second line for sure third line to a lesser extent, but also true. I just don't know where Seattle finds enough to be better than this team. Yeah. Especially when you look at when we are going to talk about Colorado and how they produce offense. So much of it comes from the back end as well. Yep. That is not the case in Seattle. Vince Dunn, a 64 on an season. island there. Yeah, <clears throat> that's great. The next highest producing guy uh, is Adam Larson and Justin Schultz, 33 and 34 points. That's fine. Meanwhile, Devon Taves has 50. Right. And Bowen Byram was on pace for 40 plus. Yep. And uh, Sam Gerard finished just under 40. I think he finished at 37. Yep. So uh, you are you are talking like. It's it's fine. Just you could say that Justin Schultz and and uh, one of Lars or one of Schultz or Larson like cancels out Gerard, sure. but they don't have anybody to cancel out the offense of Byram. They don't have anybody to cancel out the offense of Taves. Yeah, those guys are just better. But again, their depth there because Alexiak with twenty five points, Borgen with twenty points, um, and Susie with sixteen points, like. Their offensive, it's it's fine. It's not a lot, but that guy can, those guys can give you an assist. Eric Johnson finished with eight points this year. Non-existent. Like, in just under 70 games played. He's also your number six on in-game right. playoffs. But... but what I'm saying is that Colorado will have an advantage in, uh, they'll have an advantage in one. They'll have a big advantage in two. You could cancel out three and say it's about the same. Uh, if you four. if you call Gerard and if you call Gerard three, if you want to call Gerard four, then four then four gets canceled out, and uh, they have the advantage at three. They have the advantage at five because Josh Manson was on pace for a pretty a really Solid productive season. season yeah. To be honest with you, <clears throat> and then so the one cracking advantage is Eric Johnson at six, which we don't even know if it will be Eric Johnson. It could well we're, be Jack. We're just assuming, but yep. if you look at minutes at the end of the year, I've been kind of hinting, hey, just keep an eye out here. That don't be super surprised if Jack Johnson, even when this, even with the a healthy defense, if Jack Johnson ends up sliding in as the six on occasion here. Yep. Especially in this series where they could use another guy that, look, if he wants to play the way he did in Nashville, he was ultra physical. They need that. A little bit of sandpaper for sure. Uh, it's 
it's just tough for me to see for Seattle. But on that note, we are brought to you by the people over at Fubo TV. Don't make watching hockey tough for yourself to see. Fubo TV has altitude, so you can watch the Avalanche first round of the playoffs with them. It'll be right on your TV. So set up their app, launch it. It's just like turning the cable on. Your abs will be on your TV for you. They have the Nuggets as well, who won the other night, uh, their first game of the playoffs. So you can watch that, too, with Fubo. They also have 140 other channels, so it really is just like having cable. You can do and watch whatever you want, whenever you want. They've got a DVR set up. They've got everything you need. Use code DNVR when you go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR. You get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. So go check them out today. Go make sure you're watching your abs. Make your life easy. Don't have to go through websites or anything. Just put it right on your television to watch the playoffs with Fubo TV. Also brought to you by the people over at Volo Sports. Signing up for spring season stuff is uh, a little bit too late now. You guys are, were a little bit slow, but they're still the largest social sports company in the U.S. You can still get into leagues with Volo Pass. It's a monthly membership program that gives unlimited access to sports events and social activities every single night. You get pickup games, you get drop-in games, they even run at tournaments multiple times a month. It's, it's 20 bucks per month with Volo to get in, play yourself some recreational sports, have a great time uh there's also a beta version where you get for ten dollars a month for the first three months so you can try it out for a little bit cheaper if you want to jump on that they have leagues pretty much all over colorado lodo rhino uptown city park highland sloan's lake cherry creek du inglewood even out in aurora northfield and arvada plus more they got you covered no matter where you live you can check them out at volosports.com slash denver today to get in use the dnvr 10 code to get ten dollars off at volosports.com slash denver and play yourself some fun sports second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook i want to get back into this matchup and the goaltending specifically because i don't think this will happen but number one for seattle to get into this series georgiev cannot play well. Georgiev struggles. I think that's how Seattle can get their foot in the door in this series, and you start having a conversation about it. If Seattle can score, put up numbers, they have a chance. Yeah, I think if they can, I think that, and if they can keep it to 2-2. Sure. Race to three type games. Yeah. On a consistent basis, if they play race to three, I think they'll be competitive and they'll have a good chance every night. And that's, and where, that's, that's, that's where Seattle has to kind of game plan. And to me, Georgiev, I don't think is that much of a question mark. I, I know um, the playoff um, experience isn't there, but the way yep. he's played, he's, he's locked down that position for Colorado. It would take, it would take such a massive regression. Yeah. Downturn for, for uh, it to be like, for us to revisit the conversation of and, and be like, well, it just doesn't have it. If he gives up or seven whatever. in game one, we might be like, well, okay. But short of that, I don't think you're too worried about it. Even then. Yeah. It's one game. I mean. It's true. I know everybody's riding the high off of what the Nuggets did to the T-Wolves last night. But at the, end of the, yeah. at the end of the night, I wanted to be like, guys, game one. It's the weird one. Still 1-0, and that's Let's, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you guys are feeling good, and you should be excited. 
Well, I tell you. But I'm also the fun hater, so it's true. Sometimes you can be the fun hater. One game, one game at a time. One game at a time. Well, and the, and that's how Seattle and the Avs need to take their series as well. The Avs need to not get ahead of themselves. Seattle's got to try and be as scrappy as possible coming into this series. And I just my my problem is I I look at that. I don't think Seattle is even more physical than Colorado. I don't think they're a team that's really going to beat you up by any stretch of the imagination either. No, they are. They play, they play a hard four checking style. They work hard. Sure. They are relentless. They, and one of the interesting things in the written piece that I did the other day was the, the way that they play by game state doesn't change a lot. They're most intense. Like when they turn it up the most is when they get down by one. Sure. And they have made, this isn't a thing I have numbers on, but they have made big habit of, of the cracking games that I've watched this year. They've made a really consistent habit of when they get scored on, they score back. They don't spend a lot of time chasing games. They they get really amped up and they want to go get it. So an interesting thing to keep an eye yeah. on is... You if know. you can put them down too... Life gets hard for them real quick. Yeah, well, and then that's where the weird thing was with the Avs, that they were so horrible with two goalies all season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it bore out in the numbers that they were just like, they were just really, really bad. Yep. Up two goals. It's a really weird state to be like, well, all of a sudden, we're the worst team in hockey. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Um, pretty... Just like small wrinkles like that will be interesting to watch throughout the series, but they are, they are, they, they aren't going to be an easy out. And I think that the reason that people are leaning towards Colorado and, and consistently picking them in like, like short of five ish, four ish. Yeah, exactly. Um, it really just has to do with one. I mean, when you have a superstar player like Nathan McKinnon playing as well as he is right now, um, and then you have a superstar like Miko Rantanen playing as well as he is right now. Sorry to do this, but when you have a superstar player like Kale McCarr, we don't know how he's playing. He hasn't played in a while. <laughs> but when you have those guys, and then you look up and down Seattle's lineup and you just go, where are the answers here? It's It becomes really difficult because it's not just those cats. It's not like those three, and then you're talking about a bunch of guys who are right. hanging on in the NHL. And you have Nichushkin, you have Lekkinen. One of the things that I always, uh, or that I that I do also think is relevant in this conversation, is that to be honest with you, nobody really knows how good the Avs are. As a relatively healthy group, sure. They they have spent so little time together this year. With their forward core being like, like, hey, they can kind of pick and choose which guys they want to come into the lineup and out of the lineup. They can, they, they've got seven healthy defensemen to pick from. Like, Brad Hunt and Curtis McDermott should not be on the ice at the same time. Yep. Like, they just, they have been, they, they actively chose at the end of the season they said 
if we win the division as with our lineup as is, awesome. But, but we are going Kale to McCarr. prioritize health. Yeah, we're sitting anybody who's banged up. We we are going to we are going to prioritize being as healthy as we can in game round one game one. Yep. And the funny thing is, all the numbers that we have about the results that they produced across eighty two games, we just don't really know how good they are because they have not had that they they've had major injury on one level of their team all season the whole time and so we just don't know we don't know yeah. how what this what what the ceiling of this avalanche team is i've never felt this way about a cup contender where i'm just like i honestly just don't know how good they this are is, we this haven't has seen never it. happened with a cup contender to be this injured so it's really hard to to exactly place that and i think it does speak volumes a little bit that we don't know that answer and you still have confidence in the masses that colorado is the better team in this series well and you still and you still what's i think what's also impressive is that the you look at the statistics stuff you look at the modeling yep. you look at hey even with all this all this nonsense yeah, and really good. Yeah, Seattle's injury problems this year were Jonas Donskoy missed all 82 games with a concussion. That yep. really, really sucks. Jonas Donskoy scored two goals for them last year. Like yeah. he was not really struggled. Big, he was not a big part of their lineup. The bigger one, um, Berkey for them. Yeah. Well, and then Chris Dreger. Ed Dreger, of course. Yeah. Those are the two guys that missed. They had about 230 man games lost to injury this year. And about 140, 150 of them were those two guys. Yep. And then it, Berkey is the big one. That it, is a big loss for them. It's You look at their goal scoring, and you have Jared McCann with the 40-goal year. Great. Yeah. Their next guy has 24. Yeah, yeah, and their next best pure shooter is Oliver Bjorkstrand, who only shot 10% this year. Yep. And is a guy to keep an eye on. Like... Sure. If that guy, if that if you give that guy some space, he can. Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand are basically the same cat, uh, in that they, as all around players, like they're pretty good, but the one thing that they can do that they can just haul off and just rip just a puck at any league. moment. Yeah, yeah, but you just don't even know. You're just like, okay, what the hell, <laughs> like. All right, that's great. Very cool. Yep. So yeah, this is it's it's kind of it's kind of like a lesser version of the blues that they have faced last year with all the twenty goal guys. Like, because there isn't like one guy that you stop. Obviously, stopping Jared McCann puts more pressure on the other ones. But you know, Matty Veneers obviously is he's on his way to a Calder Trophy win. Yep. Uh, Daniel Sprong has one of the highest goals per 60 in the NHL. Like, has a 20-goal season and plays, like, third-line minutes. Like, it's pretty impressive. Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Eberle have been, like, good quality top six forwards for a really long time. Then there's Bjorkstrand. Yep. It's a pretty, man, it's just a good lineup. Like, it's just a good lineup. It's solid. Nothing's going to wow you. Nothing's terrible. The one big concern for them, and to me, is, is Jared McCann. Not that he's bad, but 
dude shot 7% over his career average in his regular season. Yeah, and when you do look at individual shooting percentages for their 20-goal guys, the guys at the top, Sprong is at 14, Beneers yep. is at 16, McCann yep. is at 19. Like, you're like, these are probably a little high. Yeah. But, sure. you know, you you flip that script and you look at Colorado and you say, Miko Rantanen's at 18%, and you're like, well, that's actually Miko Rantanen. <laughs> it's um, a little more sustainable with him, right? Yeah. Nathan Nathan McKinnon's at eleven percent. Kale McCarr's at nine percent. JT Confer's at eleven. Like Colorado, Colorado didn't really get that Unusual season out of anybody. Numbers, yeah, yeah. Their big shooting percentage season was from like Bo Byram. Yep. Which yeah, you'd love for it to continue, but Bo is not going to be high on the list of guys you're expecting to pour goals in in the playoffs for you. Yeah, and you probably expect Devon Taves to score a little more. Who struggled to put pucks in the back of the net at times this year. And sure. had a seven-goal season. <laughs> right, right. Like, But it's not his usual 12 or whatever. Yeah, when you look at he struggled, Adam, uh, the other side, Alexiak had nine, Larson had eight, Schultz had seven. Yeah, and then you get into like the the other guys down there, uh, and obviously Vince Dunn at the top with fourteen uh, was the big one. But Kale McCarr played; he missed twenty two games, has seventeen goal season. Like, well, and, I really, this... I I just cannot stress enough that there is no answer for Kale McCarr if he plays as as Kale McCarr. There's nothing comes close to that, and we'll get to that in a second. I did want to quickly. This kind of shines through in the expected goals for from these teams this season. Both teams right around 172 expected goals for Colorado. In actuality, this is at even strength for the record. Uh, had 174 goals for Seattle. Had 209. So just well, well, well above their expected generation rates. 209, number one in the NHL, and 10 more than second place Boston. The Boston team that, you know, broke records this year. So there's definitely some unsustainability built into that. I will say both these teams are good possession teams. They're both top 10 in the NHL when it comes to Corsi numbers and things like that. So don't expect the puck to be free and easy for Colorado. We'll put it that way. Um, on that note. We are brought to you by the people over at Illegal Pete's. You can go get yourself some delicious burritos with the 10 different locations here in Colorado, including one right down by the DNVR bar, a great place to pregame. If you're going down to get a burrito, then you can come to the bar. You can watch playoff hockey or basketball or both. We got it on all of our televisions. They also do happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. over at Illegal Pete's, so you can get your delicious margaritas there before you come hang out with us at the DNVR bar. Go check them out. Illegal Pete's delicious burritos here in Colorado and their one location in Arizona. So it's a win-win there. Also brought to you by the people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up there. You bet five bucks. You get $150 in free bets to mess around with. You can uh, you can take some risks. It sounds like uh, sounds like the Bruins got some some sick players today. Yeah, they have like illness like ripping through their locker room. And yep. what Jesse and I have consistently talked about how you, they just went through an entire regular season without having a bad week. Yep. Like round it's one shows up, and it's right like, now. this is, I mean, that sucks, man. And all, you want all it, I'm saying. You want it to be like, you want it to be like an on-ice bad week, For right? Sure. Like, you want it to be like, hey, 
they lost because they, you know, they just showed up and they had they played terribly and whatever. Not like, hey, they 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 get the, the Panthers get spotted two games because the Bruins can't ice their a their NHL team right now because they all have the flu or some shit. Well, your wallet doesn't care about the Bruins' bad luck, and Florida is plus one ninety tonight. So maybe throw a couple of bucks at that. See if the illness pays off in your favor. Yeah, that's a temptation. Uh, check them out over at DraftKings. Of course, you can bet on basketball playoffs. You can bet on NFL draft. You can bet on literally made-up sports that I don't even know exists yet if you want to. They've got all sorts of stuff to bet on with DraftKings. Use the DNVR code when you sign up. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And it's all void in Ohio. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's get let's get into the actual defense here. Let's let's get into the defensive side of the puck. Because this is where I think Seattle can't keep up. You you talk about the forward depth, okay, maybe they find ways to be effective there. But I just don't know who the stoppers are on Seattle's defense. I don't know who's going to help those struggling goaltenders against this Colorado team. Yeah. I, and, and like, yeah, sure. Vince Dunn gets you the puck moving the right, right the right way. Uh, Jamie Alexiak is a is a decent defender, but how much are you really going to get out of him? I don't know. Like, Adam Larson's a really good defensive player. Like, That's he's fair. a really good defensive player, and having him having the Dunn Larson as your top pairing, they've been together all year. Like they've played like thirteen hundred minutes together at five v five. They've been together consistently all season, okay? They're good. They've had a great year together. They both have been productive. They both have produced offensively. Like it has been a it has been a good, good year at the top of that defense for them. Is Adam Larson and, and Vince Dunn gonna be good enough to handle Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Evan Rodriguez? We'll see. Gonna find out what's the challenge. Now. That's the big challenge, though, because oof, even at those guys' best, I'm not sure that they're equipped for that job. They're going to have to be, though. Like, that's that they have to try that. Yep. And if you're Colorado, you're going looking for the other combinations that they have. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the rest of their decor, and it just feels like you get what you're going to get out of them on any given night. It. Justin Schultz is is maybe the most well-established there, but... Yeah, so they started the first half of the year with Alexiak and Schultz together. Yep. And I guess they just... I don't I don't know how well it worked. I don't know if it was... I, I don't know sure. what the, the... We didn't watch Seattle that much. Yeah, yet. I don't know what the big reason was for them changing it, but the second half of the year, they started tinkering a lot more. And they settled a lot more on uh, Alexiak and Borgen playing a lot of minutes together and going with uh, Schultz and Carson Soucy. Yeah. I'd... I don't know. I don't know which one I would call their second or third pairing. It's a little 2 a They're pretty, yeah. they're pretty interchangeable. Uh, so I just think uh, when you get into those, those pairings, they, they're fine. 
It, my like concern good, for me is you just very don't. good defense top to bottom. It's very good defensively. They're physical. It's, Between Larson, Alexiak, uh, and Susie, you have one guy on each pairing that definitely will get just, physical with you and hit you. I worry about the consistency of the, their defensive depth, though, because you just don't know what you're going to get out of some of these guys on any given night. Uh, when it comes to even even a Justin Schultz can has been pretty darn inconsistent throughout his career. Yeah, Schultz. I mean, his career Schultz has had a really up and down existence. Um, this year he's been he's been pretty solid for Seattle, but I mean he. Puck moving was always supposed to be his big thing. Yeah. And he's like, he's, he's okay at it. I think, I think if you're looking at one-to-one comparison, like Justin Schultz is like their Sam Gerrard. Sure. I could live with that comparison. Uh, I, every time I want to like get into something or get into this, when it comes to this, the Seattle abs matchup, I just go, well, does it matter? Because if you have Philip Grubauer throwing an 890 in that behind it, Seattle's just going to struggle. It's it, how many teams have we seen get into the playoffs who have been outscoring their problems all year, and it just they'd not be able to do it in the playoff grind. What were his splits this year? Grubauer's? Yeah, it was one thing I never got around to looking yeah, up I, that I was curious about. I don't know his splits off the top here. We can find out though. Yeah, I got him. Uh, okay, because I just want to know: Did he get significantly better as the year wore on? I mean, kind of. He won more games. I guess he was good in April. Well, so this is where a small sample, right? Yeah. Five games really... in April. Five games in April. He had a 9.41 save percentage. He really wasn't any good in March, though. That's the thing. Uh, in February, in seven games, he had an 883, and in 10 games in March, he had an 877. Yep. So even, and obviously save percentage, like very surface level goaltending statistics. Of course. It's not goal saved above expected and any of that stuff, but um, I'm sorry, but there's no level of quality goaltending happening with an 877 yep. save percentage. They're, you're not helping your team by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Yeah, you're not doing shit for them. So, uh, with uh, with Grubauer, you know, he had five starts in April. Oh, sorry, he gave up six goals. That's good. Yep. We'll see. That's what Seattle's going to need to have to be into this series, basically. In my opinion. Yeah, no. So It's going to have to be like the revenge of Grubauer. Like, that's... That's the only way. And Martin Jones, if Martin Jones ends up in net, it's the same conversation. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, they're the same guy as far as Seattle's concerned. They're going to pick their horse or maybe they'll they'll tandem them if things go badly. I don't know. But they just need a they need at least a league average performance out of those guys to have any hope. Um, Colorado on the flip side. When you're looking at what they need, it comes out of their middle six, right? It comes out of JT Comfer. It comes out of Evan Rodriguez. It it comes out of an Alex Newhook, even. You need those guys to find their own consistency and their own level of production. Now, JT Comfer, you know, there's hope he can keep it going from what he did in the regular season. 
with Erod and Newhook especially, you want them to find something. You want them to be able to level out and find a little bit of consistent production in these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, my expectations for for Rodriguez are going to be a lot higher just because he's playing next to Nathan McKinnon to start the postseason. For sure. Um, he has way more pressure on him to do it than Alex Newhook does. JT Comfer has a lot more pressure on him because they're he's the linchpin of that lineup. Because you feel like if you have uh, Matt Nieto, Logan O'Connor, Darren Helm, Andrew Cogliano type options at the bottom of your lineup, your fourth line is going to be really good. And with Lars Eller hanging out as, as your 3C with guys to flank him, you feel like you are set up to have a very good shutdown bottom it, six uh, that won't abs, produce a lot of offense. They've become a sneaky good defensive team, though. Yes. So, and, and you know, um, it could be a significant difference than what we saw from this team last year. Might be Avs winning games 2-1 a little bit more regularly in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and there, where's that? Where's the third goal going to come from? It's going to be a nightly question. Yep. Because if you can get one at even strength from your top six, one on the power play from your top six, and then where's one the from third your goal? Middle bottom Where guys. Where does the third goal come from? Pick your favorite of Eller, Newhook, LOC, and then the vets on the fourth line. Or a Ben Myers, if he's in. Or it just comes from your top six, and they have one of those and nights. And they just pop off. Yep. That's why they're who they are. Yep. And that's what Seattle's afraid of. Rightfully so. So, you know, we've we've talked a lot about, like, oh, Seattle doesn't, you know, it's, it's about depth and that. Like, they were a really high-scoring team this year by committee historically speaking, those teams in the postseason do not do very well. Yep. Because teams, one of the things, one of the aspects we talk a lot about in the regular season versus the postseason. Regular season, teams play their game. Hey, this is who we are. We're going to go in. We're going to do it. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody's got whatever. In best of sevens, that shit goes away. Game one, everybody feels each other out. Yeah. Okay. Where are we? What are we doing? What are we looking at? All right. You know, what's the, what's, what are all the chess by, pieces looking like here? By game three, the stuff you normally do is being directly countered. Yeah. It's the other team has thrown the kitchen sink to try and stop what you do best yep. and try and figure it all out. Like, I'm, I am not going to be surprised if at some point Seattle just says, yeah, we're done doing this. Uh, they take a play, uh, the page out of the Coyotes playbook. And they they play that like almost one four counter counter attacking yeah. style. Yeah, we're going to sit in the neutral zone and make sure that you guys don't do what you want to do. Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna try and force you into mistakes, and we're gonna try and frustrate you because we don't yep. think you're gonna be patient enough. And that's where you know that's where the struggle is with Colorado is. Last year's team, you had all the confidence in the world that, all right, if they got into an ugly one nothing game, didn't matter. They were fine. Yeah. Boy, you sure, you sure felt pretty good that they were going to get the one in a one nothing game. Um, this year's team, I have no idea. Uh Last year's team, we had full confidence they could beat you in any any way, shape, or form. This year's team, again, 
they've played so little together that we just don't know. Yep. We don't know what the DNA of 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 a of of the healthy Avalanche. At this point, this is the healthy Avalanche. There's no game Landis Cog. He's not coming back. Yep. This is it. There's that that that's it. This is these are the guys. If they're gonna make that run, if they're gonna climb that mountain again, this is the group that's gotta do it. I absolutely think they can too. So I do too. Well, certainly in the is, West. Certainly in the some West. Some of that I is the weakness of the West, and some of that yeah. is just the fact that Nathan McKinnon is on that kind of level right now where you're like, oh, look, are we about to see something downright biblical this postseason? Just absolutely pop off. Yeah. Uh, we do have a super chat here from BGH who says, I'm late. Did we already go over Byram's stick toss? Uh, if you don't know, Byram at practice today got mad, threw a stick into the bench. Uh, I don't think it's a particularly interesting storyline. It's not anything we haven't seen before, usually coming from Nathan McKinnon. But the abs are taking the playoff seriously. That's all that means to me. They're ramped up and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, not a big deal. Yep. Uh, okay. I mean, you don't like love that he's hitting people on the back. Yeah, of your stick. not like, not great that it hit Matt Sokolowski. Like, yeah, like Matt Sokolowski deserves better than that. But, um, you know, what else? What is what else is there to say about it? Yep. Just not something that's out of the norm for this team either. Yeah. If uh, a comment here that says McKinnon can carry this team to a cup, and yeah, I mean if the, like if he translates this play into the postseason, this is his Conn Smythe turn. Yep. You know when when Kale won it last year, it was like McKinnon was a pretty obvious number two. If McCarr, if they flip those this year, and McCarr is the number two to McKinnon's Conn Smythe turn, sounds cool. good to me. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see. There's a reason they play the games because it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Avs go out there and struggle and and Seattle wins in four. I don't think it'll happen. I think the odds of that are incredibly low, but it could happen. That's why you play. Uh, Another super chat here, $5 from Pin King, who says McKinnon throws a helmet at another player during the playoffs. I doubt it. Not that the Avs don't get fired up, but I think the Avs are much more keenly aware during the playoffs of, you know, you got to not cross that line. Don't put yourself in a bad situation, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting Nathan McKinnon to get himself thrown out of a playoff game. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's, it's a little all over the place. I if you go watch our series of, of playoff previews, you can see our predictions there. Spoiler alert, we're all pretty confident in the abs. Yeah, I mean it's really uh, I don't want it to feel like there's a disrespect to Seattle here because there's not. No. Um it's just I the just, reality of where these two teams are at. Yeah, and when you get into the postseason, elite players are like like in the regular season, you can do exactly what Seattle did this year. There's one or two teams every single year that are just a, you know, they're a team, right? They're a cohesive unit. They play really well as a group. Uh, they they produce quality results. They have a quality process. And that's that's the thing. 
with with Seattle is they are a good team with good players who they play quality hockey. They make life hard on you. They're a very, very good defensively, uh, very, very good defensive hockey team. And they score they score lots of goals by committee. That's I, I, very, very hard to do in the postseason. I think you summed it up with they are a good team. Colorado is a great team. Yep. It is oh. a it's not an it's certainly not impossible. Great goaltending can even the score in any series. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently. Great goaltending is the great equalizer in the playoffs that can that can Balance even even the yeah. playing field in, in every best of seven. But you have to feel like, given what we've seen this year, Alexander Georgiev is better equipped for this than Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones. Yep. I I don't think it's even all that close. So, well, we'll have to watch the series, of course. We'll have to watch the games tonight as they kick off. The Avs don't play until tomorrow. But I'm just glad we're here. It's finally playoff time. Same. No more talking about when they get in the playoffs. No more talking about what comes next. No. Now it's every night. Go win a playoff game. That's all there is to it. Uh, I'm all good here. Any final thoughts you wanted to touch on for this series, AJ? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think so, man. I think I think we're ready to. I think we're ready to go. The next time you guys hear from us, um, we'll be pregame. Yeah, you know? pregame. We'll be at the bar. Hopefully, a lot of you all will be too. If you're not at the game itself, yep. Um, hanging out. Us. Yeah, come say hi. Should we'll be, be a down fun at one. The bar, you know, being nervous. It's it's go time. You're playing for keeps now. Yep. If you don't have nervous energy for a playoff game, I actually didn't until just now. We're talking about it now. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's playoffs. I feel it. Yeah. And then you just got to channel that energy positively. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna. Go, gonna I'm, gonna get... go, I'm gonna go shave my beard. There you go. We're gonna get out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us for this show and taking a look at this series. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow. Pre-game, watch along, post-game. We got you fully covered, all playoffs long, however it goes. So, like, subscribe here on YouTube. As always, we are a podcast as well. If you want to listen maybe on your way in or or way out from work or the next day, anything like that, uh, leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app if you really like us. And we will talk to you all tomorrow.